2: There's a ring of truth that is unstable Knowing that you cannot find them all And if you listen carefully and sometimes Even if you don't, you can hear
0: that sound Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he
1: teaches through God's Word. Jesus said he's the greatest, and he was just a voice. He was just out there telling people passing by, on their way somewhere else, he was out there telling them to get ready because the Messiah's coming. You and I can be just a voice. You know, just tell people, hey, Jesus is coming back. Are you ready for it? You need to get ready for it. And just be a voice pointing people to Jesus Christ. John was simply a voice out in the wilderness. In the Gospel accounts, Jesus refers to John the Baptist
0: as the greatest of the prophets in all of Israel's history. While many of us think of prophets as workers of miracles and signs, nowhere in the Bible do we read about miraculous works performed by John. However, as Pastor Dan will teach you in his message today, simply proclaiming Christ is one of the most powerful things we can do as believers. In his study, you'll hear how boldly proclaiming Christ and His imminent return is a form of prophecy in and of itself. And now, open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
1: We all have a warped heart to a degree, all of us. Uh, We all have a twisted nature. We all have a a twisted side to us. That's why you think things that you think sometimes. When you're in certain situations and something pops into your head and you yourself know that's pretty twisted and you think it's funny and you kind of laugh to yourself. I can't believe I just thought that, you know. Why is that? Because, because we all naturally, as part of, of the fall, we all naturally have just kind of this twisted mind or this twisted nature where we think perverse things, we think warped things. And that, that's, that's our iniquity. It's different from sin, it's different from transgression. You know, Iniquity is the cause of our sin. Uh, You know, you could think of it as iniquity is is the disease and sin is the symptom, right? Because I have this warped mind uh, and this warped heart, I sin. The same is true for you. Sin is more like the symptom. And in verse 2, God says, you must tell my people that her iniquity is pardoned. He's getting to the heart of the matter, the heart of the issue, the the thing that is causing the sin and the transgression. God is getting down deep to that, down to the root. And he says, make sure they know, tell them, he commands, you must cry out and tell them that their iniquity is pardoned. In Isaiah 53, God tells us how he pardons our iniquity, right? Right? He's wounded for our transgressions. He's bruised for our iniquities. Jesus Christ was bruised for our iniquities. He was was crushed. He was crucified, sacrificed for us, for our iniquities, for our our twistedness. He died for us. At the end of verse 2, he says, for she has received... From the Lord's hand, double for all her sins. Now, what does that mean exactly? Well, this word "double" here it means to to kind of double over, to to fold. If you fold a piece of paper, for example, in half, and now you've got two equal halves. Uh, that that's that's kind of the uh, the idea. The the phrase means. Essentially, that the, the punishment that they received being taken away into Babylon, the punishment that they received, it, it's equal to the sin that they committed. You know, it's uh, they got what they deserved. Their punishment is what they deserved. It, it reflects their sin. Their punishment reflects their sin. You know, and a, and a lot of people today uh, don't really see themselves as, you know, a bad person or a sinner, or they don't think their sin's that bad, that they're pretty much a good person. But the, the cross is the penalty for our sin, the death of Jesus Christ. And so if you want to get a, 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 a right estimation of your sin, you look at the cross. That was the punishment that was required to pay for our sin, So that's how bad our sin is. It's as bad as the cross. It's as bad as the death of Jesus Christ. That's what was needed to pay for our sin. So the cross reflects our sin. Now look at verse 3. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth. And then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken, and so you can bank on it that it's going to happen. Now, all four Gospels quote these verses and tell us they are fulfilled by the ministry of John the Baptist. It's in all four Gospels. And I want to look at uh, John's Gospel together. So if you want to turn with me over to John chapter 1. And remember, John was baptizing at the Jordan River. And John chapter 1, verse 19. Now, this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem out to where he's baptizing, out in the Judean desert, to ask him, who are you? (laughs) So remember at this point, uh, John's got thousands of people coming out to his baptism, out in the desert, out in the middle of nowhere. And they're coming, we're told in the Gospels, they're they're coming from all over. Uh, Even from uh, Gentile territories, they're coming out to John the Baptist's baptism. And so now, you know, this official delegation from Jerusalem of priests, they come out, because they're the authorities, they come out and they say, who are you? And he's out there in the desert, out in the middle of nowhere, and he's got thousands of people coming. They come out, they say, who are you? And he confessed, and he did not deny, but confessed and said, well, I'm not the Christ. And if that's what you're thinking, if you're thinking, "Is am I the Messiah? I'm not the Messiah. I'm not the Christ. And they asked him, well, what then? Are you Elijah the prophet? He said, I'm not Elijah the prophet. Are you the prophet, which Moses spoke of in Deuteronomy? And he answered, nope, I'm not the prophet either. Then they said to him, well, who are you? That we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And look at verse 23. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Who are you? Well, I'm not the Christ, I'm not Elijah the prophet, I'm not the prophet. Well, then who are you? I'm just a voice. I'm just a voice out here in the wilderness telling people to prepare because the Messiah is coming. I'm just a voice. Now listen, listen. Jesus said that John the Baptist was the greatest of all the prophets. And John the Baptist never worked a miracle. He never penned a book of the Bible. He never healed anyone. He never called fire down from heaven like Elijah. He didn't part the Red Sea or the Jordan River. And yet Jesus said, He's the greatest. And He was just a voice. He was just out there telling people passing by on their way somewhere else. He was out there telling them to get ready because the Messiah is coming. You and I can be just a voice. You know, just tell people, hey, Jesus is coming back. Are you ready for it? You need to get ready for it. And just be a voice pointing people to Jesus Christ. John was simply a voice out in the wilderness. Now, go back to Isaiah 40. Look at verse 3 again. The voice of one crying, and this is what I want to spend kind of the rest of our time on tonight. In the wilderness... Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The the voice is crying in the wilderness. The wilderness is desert. Don't think of forest. Uh, Think of desert. That's what the wilderness is. It's it's desert. And the wilderness, it plays a very significant role in the life of, of the people of Israel the wilderness plays a very significant role in the life of the people of Israel and listen god will use wilderness experiences wilderness seasons wilderness times in our lives they play a significant role in our lives as well and I just, I just want to point out a couple of things. We, we could spend weeks just looking at the wilderness in the Old Testament and the New Testament, but we're, we're just going to spend some, some time tonight on it. Uh, when God delivered the children of Israel from their bondage in Egypt in the Exodus story, God immediately took them into the wilderness. He didn't take them into the promised land. He delivered them out of their slavery and took them out into the desert. He didn't deliver them out of their slavery and take them into the land flowing with milk and honey. He took them into the desert first. And He took them into the desert to teach them, to teach them to trust in Him for everything. To trust Him for everything.
0: You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. We'll have more from this message in a moment but first we'd like to tell you about an exciting resource available this christmas season here's pastor dan to tell you more
1: christmas can be a very busy time of year for most of us and in our busyness we can forget the reason for the season jesus christ so my wife cameron wrote a wonderful daily devotional called 31 days of december this simple devotional is written for women and is designed to help you keep Jesus at the center of your Christmas season. We would be happy to mail you a copy as our thank you for your investment of any amount in this daily radio ministry. To receive your copy of 31 Days of December, visit our website at calvaryec.com and click on Give. Now, let's finish today's message. In the wilderness, a person can't live. In the wilderness, you can't survive there for more than just a couple days. The wilderness is barren, it's hot, it's harsh, it's difficult, it's lonely. And the only way you can survive in the wilderness is if you trust in God completely. And so before God takes them into the promised land and the land flowing with milk and honey and gives them houses that they didn't build and vineyards that they didn't plant and wells that they didn't dig, He takes them out into this desert time so that they can learn how to trust in Him completely. Because if they don't trust in Him completely in the wilderness, they're not going to make it. They're going to die pretty quickly. And I want to show you Uh, Just what I mean by this. So turn with me back to Exodus chapter 15. Exodus 15. Exodus 15. Now, just to give you the context, uh, Exodus chapter uh, 14. God brought the children of Israel miraculously Out of Egypt, he brought them miraculously through the Red Sea, parted the Red Sea. They went through on dry ground. Uh, God caused the Red Sea to come down and drown Pharaoh and his army. A supernatural, miraculous delivery in the previous chapter. Now, look at verse 22 of chapter 15. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness, the desert of Shur, Look what it says. And they went three days into the wilderness, and they found no water. Three days after they come through the Red Sea, and they're out of water. They've made it three days into the desert, and they're in a crisis. They're in a trial. That's the wilderness. Three days. Three days. And they're out of water, and there's no place to get water. They can't find water. They're in a crisis. Now, verse 23. Now, when they came to Mara, they could not drink the waters of Mara, for they were bitter. There, there's a spring there, but it's bitter water. Therefore they name, the name of it was called Mara. Now, the word Mara it means bitter, but it means more than just bitter. When we read the word bitter, we just think of it's you know, it's bitter, it's salty. You can't drink it. The word Mara, it means more than that. It it means uh, not only bitter, like to the taste, but the word also means to be angry, to be annoyed, to be frustrated, to be irritated. That's Mara. That's how they felt at Mara. That's how you feel in the wilderness. Right? That's how you feel When God takes you out into the wilderness, you get frustrated, you get irritated, you get angry. That's how they felt at Mara when they finally found some water and it's bitter and they can't drink it. They're angry. They're frustrated by it. Look at verse 24. And the people complained against Moses saying, what shall we drink? What are we going to drink? They're angry out there. The wilderness is hard. It's hard. What are we going to drink? So Moses, verse 25, cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, a branch is the idea. And when he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made a statute and an ordinance for them, And there, God tested them. It was a test. It was a test to see if they would trust the Lord to provide for them. When there's no water, and you're in the hot, blazing desert, and there's no relief, are they going to trust Him? To provide for Him? In the wilderness, God took them out there so they would learn to trust Him for everything, to trust that he would provide. Look down in verse 27. Then they came to Elam, where there were 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees, and so they camped there by the waters. You, you think, I mean, I, we don't ever want to leave here. This is great. Let's just stay here. There's palm trees, there's shade, there's water to drink. Let's just stay here. But then verse six, or chapter 16, verse 1, and they journeyed from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, desert, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after they departed from the land of Egypt. Verse two Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness, and the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out here into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Do you hear the frustration? Do you hear the irritation that they have? You just brought us out here to kill us. We were better off back in Egypt. That's what happens in the wilderness. It brings out what's really in our heart. How we really feel. It it, it exposes us. God will take us into the wilderness. He'll take us into a a season in the wilderness. And the, the wilderness is hard. And it's frustrating. And we get angry. And there are hard lessons to learn in the wilderness, and in the wilderness we're tempted to say it was easier back in Egypt, easier back in the world. I never had these problems before. Now that I'm following Christ, i got all this junk going on in my life, and it was easier back then. But there's important lessons in the wilderness. It's where you learn to trust the Lord. It's where you learn that the Lord is your shepherd, and you shall not want. That he will provide for you. It's where you learn to walk by faith. And not by sight. Back in Egypt, they had everything. They, they didn't need to trust the Lord. They had everything. Now God puts them in a situation where all they have is God. All they've got. And they, they can't get themselves out of this if they wanted to. Because there's nothing there. It's barren. All they can do is trust the Lord. Turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 8. So this is, this is at the end of the 40 years in the desert. In the wilderness. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 2. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. Here's why. Here's why he took him out in the wilderness. To humble you. And to test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. God takes us into the seasons of the wilderness, out into the wilderness experience, to humble us. So we stop trusting in ourselves, or we stop trusting in our resources, our own intelligence, or our own abilities, or connections, or whatever, and he strips all of that stuff away to humble us and to test us and and to show us what's really in our heart and how little faith we actually have and how easily we get in the flesh. How easily we get in the flesh. How easily we get frustrated and angry and ticked off. Verse 3 says, So he humbled you, he allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna which which you did not know nor did your fathers know. That, here's why, He might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. That's their lesson in the wilderness. That God will provide for me. God will provide bread. Look at verse 4. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot Swell these 40 years. (laughs) You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you to train you. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. God sustained you. He provided for you. Your garments didn't run out. You had food to eat. And it was all the Lord. It was all the Lord's doing for
2: you.
0: That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. We're so glad you joined Pastor Dan Sexton for his verse-by-verse study through the book of Isaiah. This extraordinary book is quoted in the New Testament more than any other Old Testament book. Plus, it provides us with the most comprehensive picture of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. It includes the full scope of His life and ministry, from His virgin birth to His sacrificial death to His resurrection and second coming in glory. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you'll be able to find it on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an edition of this program. That website again is calvaryec.com. We'd love to hear from you too and learn how Ring of Truth has blessed you. Please take some time soon to give us a call at 410-491-4592. Let us know how God is working in your life and if there's anything that we can be praying for during this study of Isaiah. That number again is 410-491-4592. With that, our time with you has come to an end. We pray the Lord bless and keep you and that your faith is deepened with each passing day. Tune in next time to continue our study of the book of Isaiah right here on Ring of Truth.